survived as a podcast new year new us here we go I don't know, there's nothing new about me oh okay there's something new about you uh no <laughs> another day closer to heaven another day closer to there's glory this guy on twitter i love his name's isaac uh adams and every day he tweets brothers and sisters we're another day closer to heaven <laughs> well every day he tweets one that. day closer <laughs> Welcome to 2022, buddy. I've yeah, missed we're, you. We're, uh, we're back in action. We had a, an interview last week that we... Yeah, we uh, posted the interview with Stephanie. Yeah. We, nice job. We thought ahead fun. in this podcast a little bit for little the bit. first time. Uh, we recorded that episode a few weeks ago so that we'd have... If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. It's worth the listen. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think I said in that episode, if any of you have a play that you think is really cool oh, yeah. and you want to break down... Send it to us. Yeah, we'll he's have, trying to get uh, me out of the booth for another. Chad and Stephanie. Well, we only got two mics, so it'd be the Chad and Stephanie podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So you're you're for, you're just like forfeiting our our little uh, platform I'm here. To, we're ceding it to delegation. The you know, I'm learning the art of delegation. No, it's fun to listen to her talk about drama and you guys talking about art mm-hmm. in general. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. I enjoyed it. I was on the rowing machine listening to most of that. The rower. The rower. Wow. There's new year, a, new me. New, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm into crew. How many times have you rowed this year? <laughs> Twice. Twice? Yeah. What's the goal? Oh, I don't have a goal. <laughs> Betsy reactivated a Y membership that, was, uh, that we suspended during COVID uh-huh. uh, last week. So, so we're just, we're, they have childcare reopened now. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for us to have it. Whereas yeah. when they didn't have that, it was uh, useless. So, so you're going to eventually get on the Olympic team. The Olympic team, you're row the Olympic the rowing boats, team, the little the little boats with the men and the big oars, uh, the skinny boats. What do you call those? I don't the, know anything about rowing. I don't either. I just do the rowing machine. I don't know. Not the same thing as real rowing. Yeah, it feels like the same. Not. I feel like I'm moving across the water as it happens. Well, <clears throat> pray for James. He's got a big goal. <laughs> Uh, you had an intensive last week, which is why we couldn't record a new podcast the first week of the year. How was so that? What class was, was it? It was wonderful. Uh, riveting ecclesiology and sacraments. Ah. Um, so it was a fiery class, but uh, had a good time. Fiery class. Yeah, that's a podcast probably for another you day. You talked uh, at length, I guess. You were studying some Lord's Supper and Lord's baptism. Supper, baptism, what we think of the church, those yeah. sorts of things. Um, so it was good. You still... You still like the church? I still love the church. <laughs> good. I think good, that good. was the goal. Is so. it too? Is it too? Uh, I mean, you're at Reformed Theological Seminary, I and am. Uh, probably they, there is a uh, predominant contingent of what we would call Pado Baptists in this uh-huh. environment. Are you? Uh, are, are, are you? I was. Is your position being challenged? I and, was the representative Credo Baptist in the <laughs> class, and. Our teacher, Dr. Richard. Did you acquit yourself nicely? He let me basically have an argument with Dr. Richard. Dr. like the, 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 the head president. of the school, or yeah. The, okay, yeah, the president of the so, campus. So he allowed me to basically have a back and forth with him in front of the class. Really? Yeah. You debated the president of the school? In a little bit, yeah. Yeah, hey, how'd you do? I mean, I thought I did pretty yeah! good. Yeah, this is the, this is what we do in political debates, right? Like the winner, the, yeah. the each side declares their own yeah. guy the winner, like right away. I have never like take. I have never, in a political debate, or I've watched a lot of theological debates, apologetics or anything, I have never seen somebody come away from a debate that they were in and said, yeah, I lost. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody who's ever participated never, in a debate I has won the not, debate. I, I honestly, I don't think I can think of so a person So what I hear you saying is you're smarter than Dr. Richard. That is not what I said. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I think, I don't think that I'm right. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But, so it was a good class. Interesting. Good class. And now I'm here to debate... What, yeah, what are we debating? Well, we're not debating. I think we're on the same <laughs> issue. I think I think we're in fellowship. Yes, on this we issue, are. We, uh, we we are in fellowship on this. Yeah. That's true. But did you have a good uh, New Year? Did you celebrate? Okay, you're going back a ways now. Uh, well, I think this is more interesting than people hearing about my time at ecclesiology and sacraments. You might be surprised. <laughs> uh, so let's see. 
New Year. Oh, it was the uh, the national or the 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 college football playoffs were those nights, yes. right? Like the uh, semifinal. Yes. I, mean, I don't know if you're talking specifically about my New Year's <laughs> day transition, whatever. Uh, everything's been, you know, it's been, you know, like most people know, we've gone through a lot over the last yeah. few weeks, so yes. it's been a tough time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're sort of just getting back into the routine, so kids are back in school finally, mm-hmm. and uh, work it's schedules no are settling back holidays. in. Yes, the holidays are officially behind us. Uh, we. My sister-in-law passed away just before Christmas and mm-hmm. um, very unexpectedly and tragically. And so we are, um, yeah, we've been working through that and coping with that and um, grieving. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're tired, and mm-hmm. but but God's been very good and we're, we're moving along and... Um, you know, uh, my wife obviously more invested directly in caring for kids and so forth. But uh, yeah. so that that kind yeah. of colored most of our holiday season. That was yeah, after, that yeah, was right of course, before. Of course. Yeah. Do you feel older? Older? New Year? Um, no, I feel exactly the same. <laughs> you f- you feel younger? I feel exactly the same. What does that mean? I don't. Feel I have exactly no idea. You're asking the questions. Well, I mean, I, it's a like. Do you do any reflection at the end of the year like this? I do. On like, well, I'm doing a lot of mine in like November-ish because I'm doing planning usually in November for the coming year. So I don't know if I'm doing a ton of reflecting like right at the end of the year. But I mean, I've I've walked our church the last couple of weeks through a little bit of some of what I've been maybe thinking through the last several months and yeah. some of what I think is kind of on the horizon for us as a church. So in some ways I get to be more public probably in my reflections than yeah, a lot of yeah, people yeah. just because yeah, of the nature of my position. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So well, no, sec- no secrets here. No secrets. Everybody kind of knows what's going on with me. Yeah. Well, I feel older. Congratulations. I feel a little older. I'm already old, so I don't want to feel older. You're kind of young, so you need I'm to feel a little young. older. Yeah. But it, it, last night we were, uh, me and my family were sending like dumb pictures that we found of each other on our phones from years ago. Oh, okay. And uh, somehow my my wife turned it into uh, funny pictures of Caleb specifically. Oh, I like this. And uh, I t- I texted back after seeing those. I was like, really, life is just a series of pictures in which at the time you thought you looked cool, <laughs> and you regret them. But very now much you later. you realize how stupid you looked. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess it's a gloomy outlook on life. <laughs> One of my daughters, you can really appreciate this, uh, McLean, who's five, she keeps asking me like regularly now, like she'll start rubbing my head and say, Daddy, you need to, you need to grow your hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, well, no, I'm bald. I can't. And she goes, yeah, because there's weeks where I'll go maybe four or five days without shaving it, and she sees it start to come in, sort of, right? Yeah. And so she can't understand that, like, no, I could grow it, and it could get longer in places, but it's not... It's all thinned out in certain yes. ways, right? Like, it would re- look ridiculous. It wouldn't look like how she pictures it in her Correct. head. Correct, <laughs> yeah. But she keeps asking me to do it. I'm just like, sweetie, I'm sorry. I can't. Like, <laughs> this is for all of our, like, oh my gosh, dignity, no, okay? James, like, you should get a wig and walk in one day and see how she reacts. Uh, you acquire the wig and I'll wear it. How about that? <laughs> that would be It's got to be a, a real authentic-looking thing, though. A mullet? It doesn't matter. It's your, it's your pick. A brown mullet. That's my pick. Find a find a find a desirable wig on Amazon and order it. And a desirable bring it to it. Brown bring mullet. It, bring it to wig. me. Yeah. All right. So we t- but we talked. We were talking about reflection of the year, and then you said you kind of shared that spiritually with our church as sure. uh, as a pastor. Um, but that usually includes looking forward um, uh, to the new year um, as well, and. Uh, we seemed, I mean, obviously you were thinking about this, but this is uh, something we've done before and have been in agreement on in terms of uh, wanting to do a corporate fast yeah. with the church. Um, and uh, you saw that as something worthwhile. For sure. I mean, um, what, what circumstantially do you think that comes up for you? Not in terms of, here's biblically why we do it, like mm-hmm. not, but... Why do that right now? Why now? As a church? Um, That's a good question. Um, Well, I think there is something about the new year and kind of uh, thinking about um, life in um, seasons and 
stretches of time and breaking it down into maybe more digestible <laughs> segments because when you just think about life and the future and what's ahead, that can be kind of vague and, and never-ending and, and maybe even a little intimidating. So every time we go into a new year, we're thinking about you know, what we're hoping for, praying for, trying to accomplish during the course of that year a little bit in the life of our church and um, where are we in trying to discern where the Lord has us developmentally as a church. And I think, you know, a church is a living kind of thing. It's an Um, organism. Yeah. So as a living organism, it's like there's a sense in which, and this is subjective, I I suppose, and so I don't want to do this in isolation, but in conversation with and in prayer with our leaders and and getting feedback from people just kind of go here's what I'm sensing and here's what mm-hmm. I feel like here's where I feel like we are and discerning where we are as a church and um and then get feedback from that and so I've been doing that over the last few months and kind of thinking through this year and we we had our leaders together in December and walked through um tried to walk through a couple things that I just kind of was laying out a little bit of my heart and and some things that I was thinking about and there just was a real there's a passage in Acts uh Actually, it's in a passage around fasting and prayer in Acts 13, I think, when uh, when they were first, when the church in Antioch was first sending out missionaries. And there's this line in there where where uh, Luke, I think, uh, I think he credits the thought to to Paul, or maybe maybe Luke just says it, where it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit to proceed in whatever way, and he describes mm-hmm. how it proce- how they proceeded. And I think in that room in December when we were all talking, I was kind of laying out some things and everybody was kind of re- interacting with those ideas and some of what we were thinking. There was a, it seems good to us and to the Holy Spirit kind of moment. Um, so I was, I, I, I was talking, I preached the last couple of weeks on some things related to uh, spiritual formation. And in that time with our leaders was laying out some of those things and was talking specifically about some of the ideas from this last Sunday of slowing down of quieting down the noise of trying to adopt some, some patterns and practices and rhythms, uh, that would nurture a more distinctive kind of holiness and, um, a pace of life that was sustainable and distinctive, um, from what I think the, the, the anxious frenetic pacing of our culture is. And, uh, and I was already thinking about uh, a fast and, and maybe doing that corporately. We've done that before, but we hadn't planned that yet. And so it was something on my mind, and I was going to lay that out. In the pro- but before I could even say, hey, I think I'm thinking about this, uh, some of our folks who've been around for a few years were like, hey, we need, like, let's do a fast like we did a couple years ago. And, uh, and I was like, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. And so that, that was something that everybody in the room uh, kind of was like, yes, like, let's, we want to do this. And yeah. so we, we talked there and then and decided on kind of when we would try to do this based on some of the, the yeah. early year kind of developments or things we were doing. Um, and so that was really not, not my, you know, deciding, Hey, I'm going to do this and we're going to do it. That was really a, a bunch of us in a room together mm-hmm. kind of, um, I think, uh, discerning where the Lord has us and what would be a proper way to posture ourselves at the beginning of this year. Yeah. And actually what, what I didn't say on Sunday that I should say is we actually have gone ahead. We, cause we feel like doing this annually actually is probably not sufficient if we want this to be woven into something of who we are as a church and how we live with the Lord and, and each other. So we have this week-long fast that we've put on the calendar, and we're going to do starting on Sunday uh, and Monday this week. And um, But we have put a quarterly fast on the calendar for this year. And mm-hmm. the others will be shorter, yeah. um, but kind of like two-day things. I think we've put uh, them at different times uh, during the year, like maybe on one, one of them was like a weekend. One of them was during the week, a couple days. and But we just want to kind of quarterly have a moment or a, a little stretch where we say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to turn off the media and then the, all the external noise, the entertainment for a couple of days. And we're going to deprive ourselves of food uh, yeah. in certain ways. And we're going to try to um, nurture dependency and, and desperation for the Lord and, and cry out to him. And, um, and so we, we just kind of want to make that more a part of our ordinary flow of life together and in our own individual discipleship. So, yeah. So we'll be having that periodically through yeah. here. And, uh, we, we didn't get to really dig into the practicals or the, sure. or the intricacies of fasting in a lot of ways in your sermon on, on Sunday, because you were kind of setting up, uh, the heart posture that makes you know, fasting a thing we should want to yeah. do. Uh, so I thought it would be helpful for us to just <clears throat> talk through a few things with fasting, because I feel like this is an issue or a, or a or a uh, an aspect of scripture a lot of people haven't thought about or maybe have thought about in different ways 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not something that comes up a lot. You know, sure. we talk about, you know, sanctification or, or uh, baptism or all these sorts of things a lot, but fasting. Yeah, we'll even well, talk, about don't talk about prayer, we'll talk about Bible yeah. reading, we'll yeah. talk about worship, yeah, there's a lot of part things. of church. And, yeah. So it may, it may be helpful for a lot of people to, to think through this um, briefly here, but in a, in a little bit more of a, okay, let's walk through yeah, some Yeah, I hope that you and I here. talking about this can help people feel, yeah. A, excited about next mm-hmm. week, Yeah. Um, B, be decisive about how they want to approach next yes. week. So we want to give some different ideas yes. of how you might approach it and, and set us up for success. Yeah. Um, and then see that it would, would help you take that step of, because it is a little scary for those of us who haven't done mm-hmm. this. So um, also maybe that it would see help us all together to go, like just to commit to it, even yeah. if you're not excited about it, <laughs> uh, even if you're not entirely sure of all the things like, hey, what if we actually just um, stepped into um, the in- unfamiliarity of that and took the risk of doing this ourselves and together with our church family? Yes. So I want what I want to do is is briefly talk through a biblical basis for fasting. Okay. Talk through a little bit of purposes of fasting, and uh, and then talk about kind of some practical tips or or uh, ideas around fasting themselves Let's do it. in terms of uh, Go different types it. of yeah, fasting and stuff. Okay. So I, I think the first thing we should we should just uh, th- uh, this could be obvious to you, maybe it's not, but I think it needs to be said is we need to say what fasting is not. And fasting is not a, a law or uh, something that makes you a second-level Christian yep. um, with people. So I'm thinking specifically of Colossians 2, when Paul is he's talking through these people in the, the church at Colossae who were uh, basically putting themselves on a higher pedestal because of the, the, the regulations they were imposing on themselves and others. Mm-hmm. So he, when he talks about the, uh, the, the right to, to eat food, to, to follow the Sabbath, to, uh, to not taste or touch, he's really dealing with an issue that's technically called asceticism. But what, that, what you need to know about that is Paul's saying these people were putting regulations together and saying, if you don't follow these, you're not as good as a Christian as me. Yeah. And Paul says that has nothing to do with the Christian life. Yeah, and it's essentially a, a way of proving your spirituality by denying yourself certain things, right? Or, yes. Uh, 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 by uh, imposing a certain kind of misery on yourself. Yeah, and <laughs> like saying that therefore that. creates these levels to right. which you can yeah, a heart, be a get to God. Yeah. Um, and there's kind of, you know, and, and it's all based around how much are you abstaining in these ways. Mm-hmm. And that, Paul says, that's junk. Yeah. That's absolute junk. He's, he, That's he, what the Greek he, word means he, is junk. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but he spends, uh, he can cost you a lot of time basically saying, no, Christ has, he's defeated everything for you. You are one in him, mm-hmm. uh, that we are all one in the same with one another, that no one is greater than another, mm-hmm. um, that we are all set as children of God, as sons and daughters of God. I think that's important to put put forward first. Um but since so, where does that lead us to, to fasting in Scripture? If we're saying it doesn't have anything to do with your justification before God, if God mm-hmm. is is angry with you or anything like that, it's, it's not something that flows as a, a work that gets you to God in any way. Where do we see this now coming up as more an organic part of the Christian life? I, I think one other point before we move to sure. that that is that, that might be helpful to distinguish from is that because there's a sort of faddishness in our culture to different. Uh, routines and, and dietary rhythms and those kind of things, as long as we're talking about what it's not, yeah. our cultural sort of this new wave of intermittent fasting mm-hmm. as a uh, physical health um, yes. discipline, mm-hmm. um, that, that's not biblical fasting, yeah. right? Yeah. Intermittent fasting, as I understand it, is this, you know, it's going, I think, what is it, like 16-hour increments without eating or whatever, and so mm-hmm. it's like you eat dinner. Um, and then you don't eat again until yep. for 16 hours. And so yep. it's something like 8 to 12, yep. 8 p.m. to 12 p.m. the next day. Mm-hmm. You're not eating or whatever. And then you have an eight-hour window where you can eat a couple of meals and as much as you want. But then you're giving your body this 16-hour break. And people are doing that for health benefits of it. Fasting is not about yep. weight loss, dietary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian fasting health, is like, not. Bib- like, right. Because so, fasting is something you find in all sorts of... of it's, it's, it's a larger yeah, sure. thing, right? We're talking about something... Uh, 
specifically Christian fasting that we see right. in, in Scripture. Yeah, so the Christian paradigm of fasting is, you could say in a sense, we're fasting from food in, in the biblical sort of paradigm in order to feast on the Lord in, in a way. Yeah, I would say it's a good way. way to put it. Um, good way to put it. And so, so back to your question then. Um, okay, so we've established it not as a, a work or a higher level spirituality sure. or, or anything that has to do with our with our justification our of God, our union with yeah. Christ, any of that. But we're saying it has an organic place in the Christian life. Right. I think one of the things that's really interesting is if you if you read about fasting in the New Testament, you're going to find it mostly mentioned in the Gospels, the Gospels and a little bit in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to look at those. Okay. Um, what you're not going to find it in is the epistles. Mm-hmm. There are not clear instructions to the church mm-hmm. to fast. On, on, you know, you, you can search Paul's letters, Peter's letters, all those things. I, I, I can't remember if it comes up. It might come up once in the epistles or something like that as a sort of one-off. I can't remember if it comes up at all. I don't, I don't but I know it's not instructed or mm-hmm. commanded as something that we are to do. Yeah. Um, so we, we, it does come up in the gospels, yeah. like you said, and in the book of Acts. So. Yeah. So first, one of the most obvious places is Matthew 6. Um, this is Jesus talking to his uh, uh, disciples. I think this is... This is a Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, I mean, yeah so it's bigger than what that. I referred to on Sunday. But. Yes. And verse 16 through 18 say, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Mm-hmm. So a couple of obvious things from this passage is it assumes that you're doing it. I, I think I, that's the most obvious thing. Yeah. So when <clears throat> I say that the epistles don't say do this, what we see continually is there is a sort of assumption that this is just a part of yeah. your, your Christian life. He doesn't life. say if. He when. says when. Yeah. Um, so it seems to be Jesus sees this as a natural rhythm of life with God, at mm-hmm. least from, uh, from what he's laying out. Uh, here and again, I think people may say, "Well, you know, it, it feels like such an underdeveloped thing in Scripture." Mm-hmm. But this was this was this was big to me when I when I saw this. So in the in the Bible, baptism is mentioned seventy five times. Fasting is mentioned seventy seven times mm-hmm. in the Bible. So it seems like something that is underdeveloped in our minds, but I. I don't think that's biblically accurate in terms mm-hmm. of just looking at how many times is fasting mentioned. Yeah, and and because we are whole Bible people, not just New Testament people, yes. you, you you can a lot of those mentions are in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. right? But this has been if you if you look at the scope of Scripture, the people of God have faithfully, consistently used fasting as uh, a way to. Um, to declare and to focus and preoccupy themselves with their dependency upon the Lord, with uh, moments of repentance and confession that have been needed, in moments of desperate need and um, sort of uh, uh, helplessness where they just need the Lord's deliverance and things like that, and as ways to, to nurture their own worship of the Lord and so yeah. forth. So, um, so it has been a practice of the people of God throughout the uh, the history of God's people, yes, uh, preceding even yes. the Gospels and the Book of Acts. But the other obvious thing from this passage, I think, is that Jesus puts a high value on not making a show of it. Which gets to your earlier point of like this isn't about achieving some no. some higher stature, right? I like, think that was the purpose in Colossians too of those people putting right. his regulations is they wanted you to know you, that they're better right. than you, right? Um, so I think Jesus says denouncing that if you if you put that in. To this equation, then you're not doing Christian fasting. Not not only that, he he actually ties this language of reward, which is really fascinating, right? So there is a reward to fasting. Yes, yes. And that reward will be, it seems, Jesus is going, essentially you have two options here. Mm -hmm. You can have the reward of the personal ministry of the living God to you. Yes. Or you can have the reward, a social reward of people might be impressed with you. Yes. They might think you're pretty... Mm-hmm. Pretty elite, pretty special, pretty committed. Yes. And it, but if you exchange that, notice that you are. He says, "Oh, that'll be your reward. Mm-hmm. Your reward will be people thinking you're awesome." Yes. But you'll miss out on the greater reward of 
the nearness of God, the personal presence of God, the reassurances yes. of God, that, that, yes. that intimacy with him that this is intended to foster. And we have to be able to hold in our heads as, as Christians that when this language of reward is used, we just got through saying that this isn't a, this isn't a kind of a, 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 a here's a carrot, come get it kind of deal with God, where mm-hmm. God loves us through Christ and we're saved by Christ alone. So we ha- we have to hold that in our heads that this isn't a, a law, right? But we can still use the the language of God rewards. Uh, he, there's a reward here that is not your salvation, mm-hmm. right? But it is a blessing that flows from your salvation that has to do with uh, fasting. Yeah. Right? So we have to be able to hold those two things in our head. I think well, a lot of people want to have one. I, or I mean, yeah. And the scriptures say elsewhere that God's a rewarder of those who mm-hmm. earnestly seek Him. Yes. He says in Jeremiah, "Those who, if you seek Me, you will find mm-hmm. Me. When you seek Me with all your yeah. heart." Fasting is a. They're, they're, it's like the introduction of a practical element to, uh, of our seeking of God mm-hmm. um, that, that that intensifies that for us. Right. Yes. That, that our seeking yes. is we're so desirous of a greater intimacy with Christ that we're gonna. We're going to take um, some of the needs that we normally have met elsewhere. We're going to deny ourselves those things, and we're going to take time that we would use for those things to instead focus our hearts and our minds mm-hmm. towards the pursuit of Christ. Yes, and 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 to to feel the reward of intimacy with Christ. Like God's yeah. not saying, "I'm going to give you what you're asking for." Mm-hmm. What that might be, like maybe you're mm-hmm. praying and fasting for God's provision in some area. Yeah, this isn't a guarantee that the reward will be. I'll, I'll give you what you're mm-hmm. that thing you're asking for. He, it's a reward. He's the reward. Yes, yes, and it, and in that fasting is striving. I think. Yeah. In that striving, the the biblical what I think the Christian assumption is is that it starts with grace. Yeah. Is that in that striving you're starting with that I have a relationship with God mm-hmm. that there's already something established here in which I can strive after. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to to not detach those things right in our minds. I think of it a lot just because the language we've been thinking about a little bit is our uh, uh, oneness with Christ or union with Christ and Christ likeness mm-hmm. yes Christ abiding. in us like, abiding, yeah, in, abiding Christ. in Christ and Christ abiding in us so so that's the language around John 15 and and this last week in Matthew 5 that we've kind of grounded ourselves in um, that's the that's, foundation that's the language of scripture that's right. the foundation ends the wind in our sails yeah to do this um but I think recognizing that, you know, if you, if you take it outside of our, the context of our relationship with God and you think of, of a husband and wife who uh, have this covenantal relationship, mm-hmm. but you can in your, like, when my wife and I are in a fight or if we go a couple days and we're kind of not talking to each other much and, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. some distance there relationally, we are not less married that day. Mm-hmm. than we were on our honeymoon yeah. or than we were on our best days. Mm-hmm. We are equally married across yes. all those days. Yes. But our experience of our oneness mm-hmm. is enriched when we apply effort to our connection. And to to get away, let's say, uh, I'm married right now in the flow of life. I have oneness with my wife objectively um, in the sense of our union together. But... She's working, I'm working, kids have schedules, we're scattered, mm-hmm. we've had three or four nights in a row where only yeah. one of us has maybe been at home, that kind of thing. Um, now, if we leave here, we leave our kids with other people, we get away on a three-day trip to go, let's say, to Destin or something like yeah. that, um, and we spend three days at the beach together, hanging out, having meals, mm-hmm. sitting on the beach, whatever, talking, we're going to feel closer and more connected yeah. in one of those experiences. Yes. But again, the 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 ex, like because of my union with Betsy, yes. I want to have moments to have a date night. Yes. I want to have concentrated times where I pour mm-hmm. myself into my relationship with her and yes. her into me. And so I, I think that's the thing we're talking about. This is a relational pursuit yes. of God. And I think that's such a helpful picture because what you're saying is when you're legally married and you uh, you see those really what, what marriage is, mm-hmm. but you see, well, re- experientially or relationally, we're not living out who we really are. Right. Then really, the, returning relationally and experientially to that place is just, 
It's just living out what you, the foundation yeah. of who you really are is. Yeah, it's leaning into that reality it's of who we really are. Leaning into the reality, the fixed couple. reality of right. who you are, and, and that is you describing the Christian experience of seeing who you are in Christ, and then experientially either seeing, "Wow, I'm not living out what what I actually am on paper," right. or saying, "Wow, I'm starting to live out what God has declared me to be in Christ." Right. That's a beautiful picture. Okay, yeah. we're kind of we kind of waded off into. Union with Christ, but, which is well, not a bad thing to wait off into. <laughs> well, yeah, and certainly not as it relates to fasting, because I don't think meaningful fasting can happen apart from... I don't think anything in the Christian life can right. happen. I think you're you're going to fall into all sorts of... A lot of and, wearisome uh, yes. pursuits. You yeah. literally said in your sermon, and I was going to bring this up this week, if you don't... You're talking about fasting. You started your sermon this past Sunday saying, if you have not listened to the abiding in Christ sermon from yeah. the week before, this will be burdensome to you. That was word for word quote of what you mm-hmm. said. I believe that is absolutely true in every spiritual discipline. For sure. If you don't ground it in the union with Christ, of abiding in Christ, then you get to your spiritual disciplines, cut off from that union, and you just create burdens on yourself that you cannot bear. Yeah. And so that's where we're, we're really hammering that in. We're yeah. hammering that in. Okay. All right. So we, so we get back to fasting. One more example here from, from the Gospels. Matthew 9, uh, 14 and 15. This is uh, when uh, the disciples of John the Baptist come to Jesus, and they're seeing what he's doing, and uh, the verses read, Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. I do not want to get into wineskins. <laughs> you can get into wineskins if you have good answers for that. I sat down to look at this last night, and I had been working on other stuff all day. I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to wade through what what this means. <laughs> well, can, I mean, go ahead if you've got. I, I, I don't have a lot to say I'll, about wine I don't skins, want to go but. deep into it. I think what Jesus is saying is that okay. So he starts by talking about the question of fasting. Mm-hmm. When I'm gone, he's saying he's the bridegroom, right? Yes. So his presence here is to be a time of celebration, right? And in celebration, what do we do? We feast. Yes. So he's saying there is going to come a time where I'm going to leave. And in that time when I'm physically gone, my followers, my disciples, they will fast. So again, for the second time, we're seeing this blatant assumption on Jesus's part that this will be a part of the life for those who follow him. And then he goes into this seemingly disconnected conversation about wineskins. The immediate thing that jumps out to me when we read this Mm -hmm. is what he's talking about is an old practice, fasting, not being done according to an old paradigm. Uh, I'm sorry. He's talking about fasting in a way um, that is not akin to the old way of how they perceived fasting, which would have been a religiously um, maybe uh, uh, compliance with a a code, right? Or a set of guidelines. I think what Jesus is saying is, hey, there's a new way of fasting and and a, a new, he's maybe talking something about this new covenant that's coming. And fasting has takes on a whole different thing here, and so he's introducing. I think he's hinting towards this new, uh, this new approach of a relational kind of fasting that's non-religious, and it's about it, it, it's about connecting with him. It's about following him. It's about again back to this nurturing our union with mm-hmm. with Christ. So it's a it's a it's an old practice that's being repackaged within a new understanding, a new paradigm, a whole new way of thinking about it. Yes, does that make sense? Yes, okay. I think so. I think so. I, I think one of the most, again, obvious things from this passage is Jesus identifies one of the purposes of fasting, uh, specifically for his disciples, is that when he's gone, they should long for him. And fasting is an expression of that longing yes. and wanting yeah, yeah. him. So, and what that also implies is, is when we are with Christ one day, we won't need fasting anymore. Mm-hmm. We'll never fast again. Right. Fasting is something of this world. Hmm. That's good. And I, and and that's in one of the ways, like, instead, what's the image that we have in the end when... Feasting. Feasting. Sitting down at right? the table with Jesus. 
feasting. So we will have an eternal buffet with the finest wines and the choicest meats and glory to sit around yes. and celebrate that union with Christ and its ultimate realization. Yes. Um, so we won't have to fast any longer. Yeah, yes. That's beautiful. Yes. Okay, so I think those are a couple we've identified. It, it assumes that we're going to fast as Christians, and Jesus identifies one of the main purposes of fasting is to long for His presence, to be with Him, to have uh, fellowship with Him in this life until we have it finally with Him in the new heavens and new earth. Okay, but we need to mention something because I think in these passages and even in Jesus' ex- example about fasting and doing it in private, does that mean that corporate fasting kind of ruins it? Because we're so, if Jesus says, hey, do this in secret so nobody can say anything, mm-hmm. and His examples seem to be in the context of personal fasting, mm-hmm. does that rule out corporate fasting? And I would say no. I would say that is not what Jesus is. It uh, better not, to. or I'm in sin for having led our congregation down this road. Then we need to send out, <laughs> we'll edit the sermon. We'll edit the sermon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah. So here's why I think that's not true. Uh, first reason is you see corporate fasting, particularly in the Old Testament, yeah. predominantly as something that God blesses. Uh, he really blesses. Um, oh, he's and, super and responsive to that. Super responsive to his people. Most yeah. of the time in need or in sin, uh, turning to him in, mm-hmm. in not just fasting, but repentance, fasting, yeah. uh, mourning, those sorts of things. Th- that seems to be a practice that uh, is both, we see it descriptively and we see God responding to it mm-hmm. positively in the scriptures. Yeah, for sure. Um I don't know where you're going to turn. I have. I'm not going to give it. I'm just going to read off some examples. Not actually. I'm just going to. So, First Samuel seven, Ezra eight, Nehemiah nine, Joel two, Jonah three, um, and then we have this example in the New Testament in Acts thirteen that I think really sheds light here. Yeah. So Acts thirteen, Paul and Barnabas are uh, are have come to the church. They're Antioch, and this is early. This is before Paul is who we think of Paul. Barnabas has gone, and he's gotten Paul and said, Hey, come, I need somebody to help me teach. Uh, and um, so it's not like Paul has really stepped into his own as, as, a, as, a, as a teacher yet. And they come to this church in Acts 13, and this is what they do. Acts 13, 1 through 3 says, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Siren, Manane, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Hmm. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Okay, so... It seems to me that this church corporately was fasting in order to seek direction from the Lord. Yeah. Because there's things in, there's answers that sometimes we need that aren't necessarily laid out in the scriptures. Right. Like, where should we send ministers? Where should we plant a church? Yeah. Who should we call? Obviously, there's qualification for those things, but, but there's a lot of things that in the church and in life that you have to make decisions on that, that there's no do this or do that in right. Scripture. There's objective qualifications, for instance, for for maybe a, a qualifying church planter, pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But subjectively, the right person, yeah. the right place, the right yeah. people to go with, like mm-hmm. this is the process they're kind of working through. And they see corporate fasting as a way to to help humble themselves toward God to know that, uh, know that direction. And here we have this kind of, uh, the Spirit says it's set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, um, they're still calling him Saul at that point to work for the to the work which I have called them. Then after praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So think about this kind of fires me up a little bit. Yeah. Think about the importance of this moment. Mm-hmm. This is a world changing moment. This is when Paul is sent off into ministry, probably the most single handedly influential next to Jesus right. uh, person in the world in terms of changing, really. Well, not just, I mean, he, he's going to embark on his missionary journeys, yes. which start this church planting movement yes. across the Mediterranean world yeah. in it the changes, first century, which changes, changes the, the empire, right? I mean, and it then changes history. the world. And then, but 
then it's, well, what is, what is so much of the Bible that Paul wrote? It's letters to those churches, yes. which came out of these yes. ministries, yes. right? This, these missionary journeys. Yeah. So like so many ways in which we are still constantly being impacted by what happened in Acts 13 verses 1 to 4. As a response to the church corporately fasting and praying right. on what they should do, what these nobody men should do. Yeah. Paul was not, again, we think of Paul as like every church he would have walked into, he was the guy, right? Yeah. He, they were deciding if they were going to send him out for ministry or not. Yeah. Here. Like this is a huge moment in history that seems so small. Yeah. It's so, it's such a small thing. A, ch- a little church in Antioch prayed and asked, Lord, uh, what should we do? And through that guidance, they send out Paul and Barnabas, mm-hmm. and that changes the world. Yeah. That is amazing. And so to me, I think this cannot discredit corporate fasting. It actually is a, is a huge example of why we should humble ourselves as churches and, uh, and actually turn to the Lord in this way instead of, yeah, we want to seek the Lord's advice, but then we just make all our decisions yeah. ourselves. Yeah, so that's that's Acts 13. If you go back to some of those Old Testament examples, I think there, there's four categories I'm thinking top of mind that 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 fasting seems to be toward. One yeah. is what you're talking about. It's seeking God for direction and, and decisions that you're just not sure about, future kind of trajectories. Another would be repentance, which you mentioned. A few mm-hmm. of those examples that you gave, Ezra 8, I think it was, yeah. uh, when they hear... Um, the reading of the law, and there's this return to the Lord, and mm-hmm. so it, all the people of Israel there, that are the, the the people who are repopulating Jerusalem, begin to to cry out to the Lord in repentance yeah. and confess yeah. sin and, and return to Him. Um, thirdly, would be um, this aspect of deliverance. Maybe um, I think of Esther when the people have a call for a fast, when it appears that they're going to be wiped out by King Ahasuerus and everything, and so so Esther. Is it Esther that calls for a fast? And so the people cry out to God and call for a fast, for begging for God's protection and deliverance, and that, that happens through um, the way that Haman's plans are subverted or whatever. And so um, so that, what are we at? We're at uh, d- decision-making or direction, mm-hmm. uh, repentance, confession, yes. um, that one of uh, deliverance or, or needing God's intervention in some specific mm-hmm. way. And I think there might be a fourth one. I don't know if this is distinct from those three. Maybe it's overlapping in some way, but I think there's one that's like when you're in a posture of waiting. Like yes. the way we might think of that now in our terms, I think charismatic circles might call it breakthrough, right? Where there's this. I would. I, I wouldn't use the language. I, no, I'm saying like. But that's, I understand the that's concept. That's the language that is used. Yeah. I'm saying what that's. But I think yeah. biblically speaking, there's this this engaged waiting for the Lord to move. Yes. Yes. And and so the, I think the lang- the biblical language is the language of waiting. And that's not yeah. a passive kind of waiting. That's the. Yeah. So uh, you're you're literally de- me and James haven't talked about this, but James is describing the categories of of the purposes for fasting, and many of them are lining up exactly with what All I right. have written down here. Um, the one that I think connects to what you're saying is what I would call pleading with God to move. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking of, of like in Daniel for revival, nine for yeah. In Daniel nine. Uh, Daniel needs God to move. He needs God to act. And he has to wait on the Lord to act. And this is what he says in Daniel 9. This is verses 3 through 19. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, and I'm jumping down a little bit here because he goes through a long thing, but he says, Now therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy, and for your your own sake, O Lord, make your face shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline, incline your eye and ear, open your eyes and see our desolations in the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. Mm-hmm. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O oh my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. So I think that Daniel is is in need of God's move, yeah. and he's saying, "I'm going to fast and cry out to God and wait on Him to move because I can't do no, I yeah, can't there's do like, nothing else." You're at the point where there's, you know, let's say you're at the point where you can't do anything to help the situation. It really is in the Lord's hands. Like, like something other other uh, governing forces are at work and make determinations about things or there's other factors that you have no no influence over. Yeah. And so what do you do? Well, you posture your heart in that sort of desperate dependency upon the Lord and you wait for Him. Um, and yeah, so... Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And again, 
I think all of these things that we're talking about, praying for God to move, uh, turning to God in repentance because we because we feel His indignation, uh, turning to God because we need uh, a revival, all of these things, all legitimate. Yes. But again, they all have to flow from, I think, the ultimate purpose of fasting, which is long for Jesus. Yes. I don't just long for God to move and take his anger off me. Mm-hmm. I don't long in just because I need God to help me get a breakthrough or, uh, or, or act, which is a serious thing. I'm not making light of that. Right. But God, fasting is not, fasting to God is not a means to the end of whatever we're fasting for. Mm-hmm. God may move and act on those things, but the ultimate longing of fasting, which is exemplified through, man, I need God to heal me, or I need God to, to save my child that I'm praying for, mm-hmm. or I need God to... To act on this situation, what those are really extensions of is, I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because when Jesus comes, all of those things will be fixed. Yeah. It, it, those are just obstacles in the way of me enjoying Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to disconnect those legitimate purposes of fasting from the ultimate purpose of fasting, which is to long for the bridegroom. Right. So, so as we turn our attention to thinking about fasting this coming week, yeah. um, I think... There are times in the life of a church where maybe we have a specific decision that we're facing as a church and we need to corporately go before the Lord as they did in Acts 13 and say, God, who do you want to send and where? Yeah. Okay, that's one element of this. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think we're at a point where we're having massive decisions to be made mm-hmm. right now. In many ways, we are yeah. kind of, let's keep let's keep trying to faithfully do, like steward what God is entrusting to us yeah. and making disciples. We, we're not at a critical point of decision mm-hmm. about something significant. Um, yeah. That said, um, you might be. Yeah. Uh, yes. Right? So I, I, there's a corporate dimension to what we're calling you into this week together, but there's an individual personal dimension. Y- you need to orient your fast this week in a particular way. You might have really important decisions you need to make yes. about your career, about, um, about children, about location and where you're living and where mm-hmm. God might be uh, moving you. Maybe about it's, medical decisions you need yeah, to make. Yeah, sure. Physical, yeah, physical related things. Like there may be significant challenges in your life or uncertainty about certain things. And this is a great time for you personally, if you're married with your spouse, to say, hey, for this week, we are going to cry out to God for this area for him to give us clarity in oneness and direction so that we have a way forward coming out of this week of fasting together. Yes. Um, so that, that might be something this week. Um, in, in another way though, you might have, um, maybe you don't have major direction yourself. We don't have major direction for a church. Maybe yours is postured towards, you know, I, some things are just off in my life. I just yeah. don't feel like I'm in a healthy place. And maybe yours needs to be about Lord, search me and know me and show me the things in my life that are just robbing me of, of fellowship with you that are robbing me of, um, that are keeping me from joy and holiness yeah. and uh, maturity. Like, what are the things where I'm just yeah. nurturing my flesh? And God wants to lead you to repentance for some yeah. things and confession. Um, I remember, gro- so the church that I grew up in, this was an annual thing every year. And it was very, it's a very significant and sweet moment in, 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 our, in the church that I grew up in. And I remember stories of people who, after these weeks of fasting, they were fasting for God to give them the strength to forgive people who had really wronged them, mm. who had really hurt them, who had done terrible things to them, and they just could not forgive. Yeah, they just could not forgive, and they cried out and fasted with the Lord, and the Lord changed their heart. And they, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, just there's real power in this stuff. Yeah, it, that's were, a really significant um, area. I think that is probably often ignored. I mean, I think about, for example, most of us have. Um, long-term woundings from our families of origin. It's just mm-hmm. an obvious maybe place to, to refer to. Yeah. And we sort of just move on with things, and it's just that's the way things are, mm-hmm. however deep those hurts may be. Yeah. We just sort of take it for granted, and maybe we don't even think of it as things that need to be forgiven. We're just like, oh, that's just the way mom and dad were. It's just yeah. the way life was. It's like whatever. But maybe there is. Maybe maybe this is a week where there's some some of your current struggles can be traced back to harbored resentments that you've been fostering and nurturing for a long time that God wants to free you from yeah. and heal you of and, and release you from yeah. bondage. You maybe things. have been callously coping with mm-hmm. from a lot of the things you're going to have to cut out this week. Mm. Food, yeah. entertainment, 
and yes. those sorts of things. Good you know, point. and it kind of you have to face God with this stuff in a way that you may not have the time to, mm-hmm. or may not have the capacity to, in other times. It, really, this is a this is a, a place to really sit at the mountain of God and 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 look Him in the face yeah. through Jesus Christ, of course. Yeah. Um, and just take the shades off of a lot of areas of life that just get passed over. Yeah, frankly, there, this may be a prayer a lot of us need to pray this week when we fast together. Um, Lord, I'm fasting because it's supposed to be an expressed desire for you, and I don't really care that much. Yeah, I'm going to fast, and I don't even want to fast. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be pursuing you, and I don't really even want you that much. Would yeah. you give me a desire for you Would as you give I me a fast? taste for you? Yeah. yeah. Give me a taste of you that would grow my taste for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that might be the prayer you need to focus on this week is yeah. that I don't have a desire for God. Yeah. I'm not really stirred towards the things of God. I'm pretty content in my blase sort of Christianity that's compartmentalized over here while I do my kind of own thing and run my own life over here and just, just kind of expect Jesus's blessing on that. Like, like fasting is a really good time to get honest about like, I don't even want the right things help plant in me, Lord desires that are from you yes. and for you. Yes. We could talk about that for, we could talk about what we're talking about for a long time. Yeah. So let's move, let's move to, okay. All right. So we're, we're thinking through this desire and we've laid a biblical foundation purpose, all this stuff. Let's just think through a couple practical things real quick. Sure. Types of fast. So again, we're leaving it very between you and the Lord and how you're going to go about yeah. this, right? Um, and for some of you, you're going to figure that out, and that and maybe you've done this before, and you, you kind of you know rhythm. Some of you have you want more structure. You want me to yeah. you want to be told what? And so let's just lay out some categories of fasting, okay. right? So the most obvious, and which to me seems to be when in the New Testament, when when people are talking about fasting, this seems to be what they're talking about most generally which is a full fast, yep. which is pretty much drinking only liquids. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus didn't do that on the, his 40 days. I wouldn't recommend doing 40 days with no liquid. Yeah. <laughs> but usually th- the idea is drink only liquids, you know, water, uh, full fast. Um, you could say, hey, I'm going to do that for the first day, and then the rest of the days I'm going to do something else. Or that could be I'm going to do this for a few days. Or y- you could feel inspired to do it for... For seven days. My pastor growing up, he did for three weeks um, every every year. That's and we'll intense. be doing it right now. Um, so that, that's an option, but that's not the only option is what right. we're saying. Uh, so there's, you could do something like uh, 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 what's been referred to as the Daniel fast, which it's not a one-to-one correlation, but it has its roots in a, a particular fast that Daniel did in the in uh, in his book talking about how uh, he, he put off... Uh, Abstained from the royal food and wine. Yes. And, and he ate only vegetables and fruits. Yeah. And So what that's kind of turned into today generally is no breads, no meats, no sweets. That's no, the general... No, no carbs. <laughs> well, you got, you're eating... Think, you're right? getting that in other ways. But uh, but no bread, no meats, no sweets. And that that's probably something for... Especially if you've never done passing, that's probably something a little more manageable for you to, to do especially a whole for week, a week with, Yeah, for right? sure. Is sure. to, to cut out those things, meats, sweets, sugar, uh, and breads, yeah. um, which is really the enjoyable parts of food. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Um, so that's fruits and vegetables, liquids. Yeah, that um, way you're still getting some sustenance yeah. and, 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 you know, healthy yeah. intake. But you're and then what you can do, and, and this is, growing up, I, this is how a lot of people I knew do it, and this is, I mean, this is how I would probably go about it, is you can mix and match those. So say I'm, I'm going to do a, a full fast for a day or two um, and then switch to a Daniel fast for the rest of the week or do uh, first day a full fast and then Daniel fast and then the last day maybe on Saturday do a full fast. You can you can kind of interplay with those yeah. with those ideas. And then the, the last option um, would be something like maybe uh, you set hours. So you say you're gonna you're gonna from from sun up to sundown you're you're not going to uh, you're not gonna eat, and you're gonna use that time uh, when you would eat to to turn to the Lord. So that's you could you could set it up that way. Um, those are just some general 
ideas sure. of how you could go about I think um, I think fasting. another one that a lot of people I know have done is like a sort of modified liquid only in that you're not doing any solid foods. Yeah. But you might you might do some smoothies through mm-hmm. the week, but generally you're not doing milkshakes <laughs> in that case. Like, um, But, you know, doing a fruit smoothie or, uh, you know, V8 juice kind of thing where you're getting some some calories and stuff in, but it's not in solid food, food form and it's still generally not the ones you would normally indulge. Um, so that would be another way of approaching it. Um, and, and look, I mean, again, we're, we're not trying to be legalistic about it. Those are sort of normal Mm -hmm. ways of going about it. You might just feel like Lord's called me to give up meat for the week Mm -hmm. or, but, but we do, we, we are encouraging our folks to, man, let this impact your diet for the week. Make some decisions around food and consumption. Yes. Uh, food and drink. I would really urge us. I'll I'll, I'll put this out there. Um, we, we we practice a lot of Christian liberty generations. A lot of you guys are free to to and do consume alcohol. Mm-hmm. I think it's ought to be a week that we that we as a church go. Hey, let's let's put that away for a week. Yeah. Um, so again, not legalistically, but that's yeah. a suggestion I'll make. Um, that as it relates to food and drink. Um, and then the other component of this, as we've suggested, is it would be really beneficial to do a media fast alongside yes. this, which is probably equally or or harder. I think it might be the hardest some, thing at this for point people. for a lot of us. Yes. In terms I know of that for, for a lot of us, because of our work, we have to be on computers, we have to be on devices, you have yeah. to be accessible. So we're, we're not trying to, again, be legalistic with the way we would ask you to do that. But it's more of going, hey, my optional entertainment scrolling of you know, Instagram, TikTok, social media, posting on things, yeah. uh, scouring those things, my viewing, watching my binge TV. watching things on Netflix and all that. I mean, podcasting. For, for me, like I, I found myself wrestling last night. Like mm-hmm. I was looking at the the schedule for NFL playoffs. Yeah. And uh, I'm a huge sports fan, as many mm-hmm. of you know. There's three playoff games on, no, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then there's one on Monday. Uh-huh. So whether I start this fast on Sunday <laughs> or on Monday, I'm missing games. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there's more on Saturday at the end of the week. Yeah. And so, like, I'm, I'm wrestling with whether I give myself, like, that space yeah. to go, well, I'm not going to be legalistic about it. Like, yeah. and so, I, look, I know the tensions. Yeah. Like, I feel them. Yeah. Um, but, but I do feel called, like, I love, I love sports. And yeah. I think Jesus wants to go, I'm better than sports. Yeah. So we talked about this in my community group on, on Sunday. Because some people were asking, what, what about this? What about this? What about this? And uh, this is how I think this is a good way to think about it is take all of this stuff that you put under the category of media media, and the stuff you put under the category of food. And when you look at that table and you see the things that pull on your heartstrings the most, those are the things that I think you should go with. Yeah. Right? So... The things if, you least want to I give up. If I look at my table, right, and, I, and for me, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to just tell you, I see NFL football and I see podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Podcasts like hurts. I'm addicted to podcasts. My <laughs> backlog is going to be unreal when uh, when yeah. I get back on them. And I look at that table and I say, "Well, I'm going to stick with podcasts because I'm going to I'm going to abstain from TV and NFL football." Now, is that following the media fast because I'm choosing something? Yes, but I know my heart is wrong because the well, thing that, that would be like me looking at the table of food and going, "I think I'm going to I think I'm going to fast from the vegetables this week and yeah. meet, eat meat and potatoes yeah. only." That sounds silly, <laughs> but I think it's true. We need to look at our table and say what what pulls on our heartstrings the most because yeah. that's really screaming at us what are our idols? Yeah. What are our idols? And I think those are the things that have to be on the table where we say, "Yeah, I'm going to stay from because I see how much I rely and love these things." So yeah. put everything on your table and see where your heart exposes itself the most. Yeah, that would be how. And I the minute think. we start to go, now we start to think, oh, now we're just so now we're just punishing ourselves again. Here's how I would love for you to see this because I think this is how Jesus intends this. This is not imposing a strict standard on you. This is Jesus's invitation to you. Absolutely right. Not imposing. He's yes. inviting. Come yes. and enjoy me. Come and taste of me. Come and fellowship with me sit with me, meditate on my word, uh, pray, you know, fill some of that time with, you know, alone pursuit of God, fill some of that time with collective pursuit of God with yeah. some of your brothers and sisters. Again, we're going to have prayer every night uh, during the week. And each day we're going to try to give you a, a, at least some way to focus some prayer, maybe a scripture and a prayer mm-hmm. focus if you don't have other things, but like feel free to, as the Lord puts things on your heart to pursue him about, 
um, man, go mm-hmm. for that. Um, and then we'll also give you some things to fill it out. So enjoy mm-hmm. some of the corporate prayer times we yeah. scheduled during that week too. So one or two more practical things that, that just to mention is, so I know for a lot of people, this is going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard to stay consistent. It's going to be really hard not to cheat. It's going to be really It's going to be really hard for me. Like, forget other people. I'm going to have a hard time with this. Yes. I've done it before. Yes. But it's hard. So uh, I would say just having seen this and done this a lot growing up at at our church, it's really important, I think, not from a legalistic standpoint, but just from a looking at trying trying to do it well, is to identify specifically what it is you're going to do and then hold yourself to it not go into it vaguely because then you'll start making exceptions all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you say, well, I'm going to do the Daniel fast, but I'm not really going to look inside my fridge. Uh, well, there's, you know, maybe I'll eat whole grain bread or maybe I'll, you know, I need to, like, you need to really Prepare nail down it. what the formal yeah. things you're going to say for more or you'll just start making exceptions all over the place. Sure. So, yeah, and then you have to go grocery shopping for Yes, you yes, know, you're yes. Do. that's one of the biggest parts of this I, I, I have seen is you don't prepare at the grocery store, and so then all you have to eat at home is stuff you shouldn't, that you said you weren't going <laughs> right. and it just becomes problematic. Yeah. <laughs> so it's and something you really gotta, gotta, you gotta yeah, think about. Yeah, and as a about. point of accountability, whether, you know, if you're married, you're, as spouses, talk about this together, mm-hmm. agree together on how you're yeah. going to approach this, and you don't have to approach it the same way, obviously, mm-hmm. maybe you're approaching it different, but, yeah. um, and then, but if you're an unmarried person, um, man, get with one of your brothers or sisters. So this and, is what we're and, doing in our community group is we're, we're kind of pairing up yeah. to, to check in with each other and then meet to pray with each other at least once that week. Yeah, that's awesome. To, yeah, so to, let's do something Yeah, where you have an accountability and encouragement source. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. so I think that, I, that, I think that will go, that will do you more good than you think it will mm-hmm. by this time next week. <laughs> I promise you. What day are we, Wednesday? Yeah. Gosh, that's, it's, yeah. Wednesday's um, when it starts to get hard. Yeah. <laughs> Last couple of practical things. So it, a lot of times this, when you do this, you ha- you're trying to have a more of a concentrated time of, of engaging with the Lord through prayer and, and Scripture reading, those sorts of things. And uh, I think it's helpful when you have this concentration. That, again, this is just giving an, an opinion or a, or a... This is... I'm not saying you have to do this. Is uh, And we're going to send out Scriptures to really focus on and those sorts of things, but... Maybe you decide there's really a passage or, or book of the scriptures that you're really going to go deep with and engage with with God this week mm-hmm. in a special way. So I found it helpful to, to pick a book like that and just spend my time during the day when I have it writing out that book mm. by hand. Super helpful to just slow you down. All of us read the Bible way too fast if you've been around church for more than two months. Mm. We, we all read the Bible so fast. And this part of this week is slowing down. And I think... Writing out the scriptures is an easy way to slow down your Bible reading mm. as well. Cool. Um, last thing I want to say, I know we're, I like we're right at the hour, is uh, we, t- we, we emphasize a lot, obviously, from the scriptures, but then just in our kind of how we talk about our personal experiences with God, uh, prayer and Bible reading. I think one of the greatest catalysts to those things, and a, and a neglected sometimes part of of personal encounter with God is learning how to privately worship God hmm. um, as a as something distinct. Um, a lot of times when I read when I read the Psalms and when I read David and I read some of these people in the scriptures who are engaging with God in a specific way, you hear you see them worshiping God. That language is used in the form of prayer, but also in the form of song. I think Learning how to privately worship God on your own is one of the sweetest activities that can create and foster a closeness mm. to the Lord. That needs to be recovered in a lot of our... Maybe that's something you just didn't grow up with a lot. You know, yeah. I know this is... There's different traditions that are... That's more, you know, it's more of a normal thing um, than, than others. But learning how to, how to sing to the Lord on yeah. your own, engage with Him in worship and song on your own, I think has a massive benefit. Yeah. So maybe for some of us that might mean, you know, curate a playlist at the beginning of the mm-hmm. week. That'll be some worship songs that you, that are meaningful yeah. to you that might look for some of you in different ways. Like we were talking last week where you were talking with Stephanie about art. Like mm-hmm. maybe you have some artistic creative 
uh, faculties that need to be tapped into. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some poetry or writing of a song that you need to do. If you're a musician, maybe it's just the music component of that, and not yeah. even lyrics. Maybe there's a um, maybe there's painting um, or mm-hmm. drawing or yeah. uh, some like find out of the ordinary things that you that maybe life is too cluttered for you to take time to do and try to create some space during this week to worship God with the giftings and creativity that he's put in you yeah. uh, as well. Like, I mean, like yeah. let him draw that stuff out of you, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, we could go on for a long time, but we shouldn't. So <laughs> now, one thing I do want to say is do sure. not fast all podcasts because weekday worship will be on. We will have an episode during the week of fasting. And so it will help you along, I'm okay. sure, during the week, right? We well, want to we... encourage our brothers and sisters in the yeah. Lord as they do this. So we'll, we'll, we'll still do our recording here in the middle of the week. And uh, we'll make sure to, to wash our faces and put oil on our heads, as Jesus says, and yes. uh, so that we look... Vibrant. We'll be in sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> no, we want to. We want to look vibrant and 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 energized for the podcast. James is going to wear a, a suit and tie. <laughs> that is not to this down. podcast. Uh, hey, yeah, thanks. Hope this is helpful, yeah. and look forward to entering into this with our church family this coming week. Thanks, guys.